Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Oh, I bought FamilyPetAncestry.com, too, because I wrote a joke about it. It made me laugh. So if you go to FamilyPetAncestry.com, it really brings you to JackieCation.com. Uh, you, let's see, there's a million things you can do uh, about the show. The show, of course, streaming on those websites, and then also on iTunes and probably Stitcher. Because I think they just take it and then repurpose it. I don't get those numbers. I'm sure uh, a million people are listening on Stitcher, and I'll never know. And that's fine. I don't care. Allthingscomedy.com is my podcast umbrella hosty kind of people. Al Madrigal, Bill Burr, Tom Papa, Aaron Foley, Baron Vaughn, bunch of people that are Burt Kreischer. There's a lot of com- there's a lot of pods there if you're looking for pods. If you want to talk to other rangers of the Dork Forest, that is the Ranger page on Facebook. You can follow me, Jackie Cation, on Twitter. And the show also has a Twitter account, but that's mostly just the Periscope account because I didn't know what I was doing with Periscope. And I'm doing very little, very little. But at Jackie Cation is Twitter and Instagram at, I think it's TDF Podcast. I don't know what it is for the Periscope account. And then on the Libsyn page, there's always a phone bonus. It's if you get the app, you get the phone bonus automatically, and it used to, you have to, you'd have to have the app, but now Libsyn just puts it up there and has for 150 episodes. <laughs> so if you want to listen to Andy Ashcraft and myself discuss the show, um, there's a little phone bonus, like two or three minutes of just me and him talking about what the show's going to be like, and you can go to tdf.libsyn.com, I think it is. Okay, the credits, for God's sake, the people who put it together. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Thank you. Uh, Mike Rickberg composed and sang that intro song that you just heard. He will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. And Vilmos uh, redoes my website. Speaking of the website, he is redoing my website, um, the merch page in particular. So get in now because I think soon all the prices are going to go up on the T-shirts. Not on the CDs, I don't think, or the DVD. But you can buy all kinds of stuff for the Dork Forest and for my stand-up on JackieCation.com at the store. But postage went up a whole bunch, and they're all union-made, U.S.-made T-shirts. So they're heavier than normal. I don't know. So it's everything's going to be 30 bucks. That includes the postage, and I think it's 35 if you're ordering internationally. Hello, England. Hello, Australia. Hello, Germany and Thailand and Japan. What else? The donate button. For the love of God, donate. I don't have any work. I forgot to book work, and then it's too late to book work. So I don't have any work. So if you enjoy the show and you have been donating, I totally appreciate it. But if you haven't donated, now's the time. Now's the time to get in. Get in on the on the, on the the donating. Feel free to throw me some money because it would be great. And if you can't, and if you can't afford uh, merch or the donation button, you can always use the Amazon button. The Amazon banner on JackieCation.com just goes right to Amazon and then you just order normal from Amazon and then they, there's some sort of associate program that uh, helps out the show. But this is an amazing episode because it's about to start. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room. Welcome to the forest of the Rangers of the Dork Forest. What? Welcome to the Dork Forest Rangers. Uh, I am sitting here with uh, Zach Sherwin, gifted 
gifted wordsmith, in my opinion. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. And it's Zach, uh, Z-A-C-H, Sherwin, S-H-E-R-W-I-N. And so it's ZachSherwin.com, at ZachSherwin in all of the, in all iterations. Yeah. My favorite iterations are Twitter and YouTube. I feel like that's where I can really wordsmith out to the, uh, maximum extent. Yeah. And, uh, and there are so many. Now, what is, before we get into the dorkdom, yeah. I just want people to know about the rap battles. That that oh, the yeah. ones that you have been in at least a half a dozen of them. What I uh, have. what is the what's the URL for that? Right. So uh those are called Epic Rap Battles of History. Yeah. And I'm a staff writer on all of them, and then I've acted in I think I just did my seventh and on this'll be out this'll be long out by the time it comes out. But yeah. uh um I will I think I'll be in eight by the end of this season four and a half. So okay. I've played Albert Einstein, Doc Brown from Back to the Future, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, right. Ebenezer Scrooge, Egon Spangler, which is the role of a lifetime for me because they oh didn't even God. really have to put any makeup on me. <laughs> um, and who else? Uh, I was uh, – it's starting to get like too many at this point. But what was the one that right. I just did? Oh, it was Voltaire in a big battle royale of philosophers. So oh, that's awesome. Those are just slash ERB on YouTube and if you I mean those are the most Googleable things in the universe. Right, right. Epic rap battles. Yeah. Uh historic. And they're hilarious, you guys. And Thanks. uh and then there's a bunch of other ones that are with not you that are also enjoyable. That's right. But so. which I might have contributed lyrics to. Right. So you, right. you well, never it's it's like you never know what I might have my hands in. Exactly. Because yeah. uh you enjoy uh uh spitting some words over some beats. I do enjoy rhythmic rhyme based Yes. Word speaking, and, preferably uh, with musical accompaniment, and and with a, a comedic bent. So yeah. we all we all win. We all win when Zach Sherwin. I genuinely enjoy. Thanks, Jack. So vice uh, versa. And can I say about doing this podcast? You yeah. had me. This is my second appearance on it, right? But it's been years. It's been years, and I can tell you almost exactly how many because you had me on within like a week of me moving to L.A. And I was driving out here where I have not been since then, and I was. I was thinking on my drive out today how new and shell-shocked I was and, to be honest, how profoundly grateful I was. Like, oh, a friend, someone who expects me to be somewhere instead of me just, like, on my own in this gigantic city. We're trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah, right. Right? And you're like, well, I'm doing something, yeah. even if it's just a podcast, which is super fun. Thank God I yeah. <laughs> asked to be somewhere. I have an right. appointment. So yeah. it's been, I've come a long way since then, but I you also have. just wanted to say thanks for oh. being one of those people early on. I Welcome wagon. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 put out a I'll put out a rug. Yeah, what the heck. Yep. Welcome to Los Angeles, people. Just email me. Just tell me what's going down. <laughs> Whatever you need. Whatever you need. I'll I'll see what I can do for you. The uh, so let's talk about the dorkdoms though. Yeah, I think last time we did a lot of word stuff. This one, awesome. You were like I, you do crosswords or puzzles. Yeah, and you're like cryptic crosswords. I had a woman named Michelle Mickey on who gave me this book that's in front of you, mm-hmm. uh, probably five years ago. Mm-hmm. And she likes all different kinds of weirdo puzzles, uh, that are awesome and super hard. Like I can do a Sudoku. I can yeah. do a crossword, but what's a cryptic? Cro- you, I, you had me print one. What yeah. is it? So cryptic crosswords are this specialized kind of crossword puzzle that my uncle got me into maybe like a year ago. And then, um, our mutual friend Mike Kaplan and I actually bought a book of these and we solved them like together as pals as a team oh that's so cool it's really fun um and it, it, it really shakes out evenly like the clues are hard and so sometimes one of us will just snap right to it yeah sometimes the other one it shakes out about 50 50 and then sometimes we have to teamwork it up to make it happen oh wow yeah 
So, um, how do you do it though? I mean, okay. So here's how they work. These appeared in the New Yorker. They were running them for a while. And actually Monica Zook wrote this puzzle and she's one of the best puzzle authors. How so. do you spell Zook? Z-O-O-K. Zook, like Zook. Mm-hmm. All right, Monica Zook. Good for you. Monica with a K, Zook think, with a Z. I'm pretty sure Monica, I think I read online that Monica Zook is a pseudonym and two, uh, puzzle creators team up together and publish puzzles under that name. Oh, so fair it might enough. not actually be a person, but okay. I might be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's how these puzzles work. So let's just use the first clue on the page as an example, although that might not be the one we start working it with. So right. the clue says our group shot Friday on dragnet. And then it has the number four in parentheses. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it is. Talk about cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> so these are real like wordplay heavy puzzles. They require punning and anagramming and like homophones palindromes <laughs> yeah okay. not specifically palindromes <laughs> but anyway so let's i'll, I'll explain how it works okay yeah. so the four in parentheses means that the answer is going to be four letters long okay okay so the clue which again is our group shot friday on dragnet um that is that is in two pieces one of the pieces is a synonym for whatever the answer is. Okay. And the other one is a, is a hint of a wordplay. And what your job is to, is to decide where the break is. Okay. So it's possible that the synonym for the answer is our group. And then the wordplay comes from shot Friday on dragnet. Okay. What about our group shot Friday and then dragnet? That could also be it. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Holy hell. It could be, and so you don't know where the break is. Yeah. And so your, your job is to, I mean, you have to figure it all out. Like, yeah. what's the synonym? What's the wordplay? Where does the break happen? Um, you will never get Alzheimer's. Holy hell. <laughs> this is like one of those recreating synapse lines in between synapse lines. And, so, and they're called cryptic crosswords because they also don't have in the crossword thing, like where the, like dead spots, you know? Yes. Right. They have, there's they, no black squares where there no aren't black letters. It all fills in. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why, why are there, uh, darker lines? What do those mean in the, in the puzzle part? Sure. Well, so the darker lines tell you that there's no, so like in the four, the, in the square that has the number four on it. Yeah. It's got a line on like the left side of it and the bottom of it. Yeah. That means that there's no four down. Okay. It just means that the four is across. Yeah. Only across. There's okay. no corresponding four down clue. So let me, let me, sh- let me, here's one that I think I can do. Okay. Um, 16 down. 16 down. So the clue says point of changing seat, point of changing seat. And then it's got a f- S-E-A-T and then it's got a four in parentheses. Right. So I'm not exactly sure what the answer is actually, but here's how it's going to work. Changing seat is like cryptic's way of indicating to you that the word seat is going to change, which in this case means an anagram. So it, it, the letters in seat are yeah. going to change around. So okay. changing seat. And it's going to be something that it, that works with point of. Okay. That, you know, that that is the um, – so I'm trying to think what that could be. Point of and then it's going to be some anagram of the word seat. I can't so, quite lock onto it. But when you get the answers, this phrase always stuck with me. There's a guide in the beginning of this book that tells you how to work them. Yeah. And it says once the answer hits you, it'll be like a key in a lock. Like there's – There's only one there's answer. There's definitely one answer. And so if you're ever like, it could be that but I'm not sure, then – you know you're wrong, and if you have the other feeling, then it's an indication that you definitely are onto it. Okay, so we have to rearrange the word seat, you think, in this one. Yeah. Like it eats? So, or, yeah, it or could be eats. Is there a way that that could be, could mean a point, point of, of, the point of. I was thinking it could be sate, 
S-A-T-E. Oh. Like, but, but that doesn't key in the lock for me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Right, right. There's a, there's like the point of being, the point of sati- satiation is a thing. East, that's, did you feel that key in the lock yeah, feeling? I did when you said it. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> East. It's the word is East. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's. Yeah. So we would fill that answer in. So, um, that's how they work. Is that where that goes though? Isn't it 16? Oh yeah, down? you're right. No, it's totally 16 down. I okay. Put, I put it in the wrong place. Yeah. East, E-A-S-T. Yep. Yeah. So we'll cross that one off. So let's just try and do 19 across because it's four letters long. That's where I always start. And we know that it starts with a T because that's the last letter here. Because there's ones that are six letters long and 10 letters long. Holy hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With well, the 10 letter wanna one tr- says European city is into punk rock. A European city is into punk rock. 10 were 10 letters. Phew. Two down. Holy hell. Okay. Well, why don't we try 19 across? Cause then we might get a letter down there. Is that the deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might. So let's see what happens if we do it. So it's essay about a cafeteria need, and it's four letters long. An essay about a cafeteria need. Now, one thing that happens is, yeah, like about might mean essay about a cafeteria need. So it might mean that something. Oh, it might be. Hmm. So. About could mean that it like some letters are surrounding other letters. So like one part of it might be in the middle of the word and then about could mean that it like is, you know, right. So like the there's rules letters on, on either this side. Thing. So it's not like, cause when like a crossword puzzle, an essay about a cafeteria need, I'd be like, Oh, so something that's like an essay, but yeah. not, yeah. uh, or what is a cafeteria need toast. Mm-hmm. And then, right. you exactly. know, yeah. I mean, it's neither of those. It is both. There's also a hint cause it's an essay about, which means that it's, it's mm-hmm. another kind of word. Yeah. What like, means pun in these things? Like when, when, when you see something and it's a word play and it's because sometimes yeah. like seat was what it, it was an anagram. You said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's anagrams, there's yeah. puns, and and then what's sometimes the other? there's sometimes there's homophones. Like if you say l- words that sound the same. So right. so if it says like um, uh, you know, <laughs> was heard to say, or if you can be like audi- yeah. for audience, then that like if it's you know something 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 for audience, yeah, then that tips you off. It's like a trigger that suggests that you should start thinking about how it sounds. Oh, okay. so it might be like feet, like an accomplishment, or feet, the things at the bottom of your legs. Right, right. If you saw one of those, let me see if I can find one that's, oh, that's like fascinating. that. Um, uh, can I find one? And your um, uncle turned you onto these? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do you come from a long line of people who like to play with words? Uh oh, here's a really good one we can yeah. do in a second. Okay. Um uh yeah, my family's like my family are word people. Yeah. So actually last year, almost exactly at this time, I went on a river trip with my uncle and we did one and a bunch of our other family yeah. and friends, and uh we spent like a week on the river and my uncle and I spent a lot of it like making up cryptic clues for each other and then <laughs> like <laughs> it, Oh just I, kind I, of get... just sort of being like, Okay, I have one and then we'd pose it to the other and you know, you're trying to like impress yeah. each other with how clever you are. Okay, so check this out. Seventeen across. This says yes. I pronounced repeatedly and then it's in parentheses three comma three. So it's going to be two three letter words. Okay. And so the answer is a Y E a Y E I I. So the, the, the definition of it is yes. I I means yes, yes, like on a ship. And then the clue is I pronounced repeatedly. Oh, I, I see I. what they did. 
right? Okay. And so, so the yes is in is in parentheses with a comma. It's in quotes, yeah. And I mean, it's in it's in quotes with a comma because, uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, because so and and then the in parentheses was the three three, is the is the quotes with the comma a sign that it's going to be there's going to be. Like, do they use the quotes to imply that there might be two words? The quotes. Uh, so the reason the quotes are in there, it could just say like straight, like, yes, I pronounced repeatedly. Okay. Um, but it's, it's an elegant clue for like the most elegant clue. A perfect clue would just seem like a very natural sentence. Right. Like you want to make the clues as, as, um, as likely as possible. Like a really contrived seeming clue yeah. is ugly and like not part of the game. Sure. Like the there's, craft it's of not it an is, elegant balloon. It yeah, is not it's an it elegant is, balloon. Right. <laughs> the elegant exactly. balloon. So the fact that, so by putting it in balloon. quotes, it makes it seem like that's right. a sentence you could read. Yes. I pronounced repeatedly. Okay. So that's crazy talk. And mm-hmm. that is awesome. Yeah. So that's how you do them. Should we try and get one more? Yeah. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, I don't Let's know. Let's see. Here, there was one about going backwards. Let me see. Oh, there what was, a was that? One? Um, yeah. Let me see. So that's that's another thing that they'll often do is uh. Oh, you have to spell it backwards. Yeah, it'll be something. Oh yeah. So there's obscure quote about wet blanket retracted, and and it's eight letters long. And we know retracted means backwards. So retracted is the clue that, that it's going to be spelled backwards the oh, other way. That's awesome. So it's stuff like that about wet blanket. Uh, obscure quote yeah. about being a wet blanket, possibly. Um, yeah. Buzzkill? Um, let's see. Obscure uh, quote obscure about quote? being an, uh, so we know that it starts with an E. Yeah. So, um, it doesn't start with an E. It ends with an E, does it not? Well, the, the answer is going to start with an E. So whatever wet blanket retracted is going to be. Yeah. Will end with an E. Yeah. I think it's too early to tell on this one. It's a little okay. tricky, but the answer itself will start with an E. Wet blanket retracted is going to be the wordplay. Yeah. Wet blanket retracted. <laughs> and since it says obscure quote about wet blanket retracted, it could yeah. be like wet blanket spelled ba- – whatever synonym for wet blanket spelled backwards is could be in the middle of the bigger word. Wow. Because it's about – I mean it's really tough to do. You know what's fascinating to me is mm. I I want you to have the answers and you yeah. didn't bring the answers. No, I didn't. They're in no. the back of the book. They're in the back of the them. book. We don't have them. Yeah, That's I'm going to actually solve this one. You're going to um, solve it? Not right. a, I mean, not necessarily in real time. right now. But... In real time. We'll be here uh, till 4. You <laughs> and... <laughs> Mike and I can do them in about 20 or 25 minutes. Really? Um, working as a team. Yeah, yeah that's like, a good idea. Can we talk about one more clue? Or are yeah. we exceeding the level no, of no. dorkdom on the podcast? Oh, no. The minutia. Let it. Let it. Okay. So I'm let's... sure, uh, by the way, someone who who's listening to the show who has played this game is like, Oh, that's that. Right. And there they're are, just there yelling at their iPod. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're doing their thing. I bet we can get this one. Okay. So the clue is soak two large nuts and it's eight, eight letters long. Let's acknowledge okay. that talking about two large nuts on a comedy podcast needs it's to be mentioned. Right, and then we'll move right. right on. We will move right on from testicles to something else. So here's what it's going to be. Ready? Yep. Two large is going to be anagrammed. It says two large nuts. It's crazy. Two yeah. large gone crazy. <laughs> and so whatever. It's the number two though, TWO. Right. So, but we know it. So check it out. It's eight. The answer is going to be eight letters long. Okay. And T-W-O-L-A-R-G-E is, is eight, eight letters. letters. So that's a really strong indicator that it's probably going to be some synonym for soak, which could mean to dip into water or to cheat somebody out of money. Right. That anagrams to too large. To too large. Yeah. When you get All to right. it. So 
Wow. Um, wet, uh, like it has water. What what, it's okay. It's water log. So two large anagrams to water log, yeah. which means to soak. And yeah. then it's also two large gone nuts. Wow. So what's, the, what's the damn answer? Waterlog? Waterlog. But the, I thought it was an anagram. Okay. Okay. So the clue splits at, <laughs> so, at so you draw like a yeah. vertical line in your mind after soak. Okay. Okay. So if you, so if something's waterlogged, it's yeah. soaked. So yep. to waterlog something means to soak it. Yeah. Now that part's taken care of. Now the letters in too large have to go nuts. That's, oh, the, and yeah. that's waterlog. So too large right. nuts equals W-A-T-E-R waterlog, which is also the definition of soak. E-R log. Holy crap. You spelled waterlog out of too large. <laughs> yeah. That's or what happened right Monica there. Zook did. <laughs> and Monica Zook did. <laughs> and we recreated it. <laughs> and we created it. Well done, Monica Zook. Yeah. Uh, They're super, do- I mean, yeah. this, I feel like four, this is. Four letters I can do. It turns out yeah. east, I can figure that. Yeah. Waterlog, I don't see that. I yeah. don't see that. You this still way- don't? Well, I do now. Yeah, okay. See, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Now I, I mean, I, I have all the letters in my head. Mm-hmm. So once they're all pointed out in a way that they spell things, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But you, uh, I have another, qu- I mean, because this takes a certain, and it's a, there's training involved, right? You just have it's to know. It's a learned the, skill to some extent. But the only also- thing you have to do is know the various types they might throw at you. Um, and there's three or four of them, there's, right? I think there's seven or eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. But so, they're all going to be one of those. And it's going to be one of those. But so it's a learned skill to play these things. But the other thing that you have to, you can train yourself to some extent to see letters like that, to mm-hmm. see a word and to be able to spin it around in your head. I think the people in your who, mind's eye. yeah, I think people who gravitate towards these puzzles have some inclination towards loving to play with words and letters, loving to play with, but also like, cause I, I love, I love language and I love words a lot, but sometimes I cannot picture things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of, so my question is, is are you good with maps as well? How's your spatial uh, sense around you? It's so funny. I do this bit about how Jews, Ashkenazi Jews specifically, I read this study. Do they live in caves in, in New Mexico? <laughs> nope, they do not. <laughs> Those are Native Americans. You do love words. I do love words because they're kind Anasazi? of Anasazi? Yeah, what Anasazi, yeah. I what, love it. How do you spell the name of the Jews? It's A-S-H-K-E. Yeah. And then unfortunately, N-A-Z-I. Uh, but it's, uh. What a coincidence. Yeah. What a horrible and coincidence. So anyway. those are like Eastern Europe Jews. My ancestors, people from Poland and Hungary and Belarus and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so I saw, I found this paper online that said that Ashkenazi Jews tend to have a slightly higher, it's, and it's genetic apparently, but we score a little bit higher in, um, measures of verbal intelligence and a little bit lower in measures of spatial and in, spatial intelligence. Okay. So my bit that I do is spatial isn't our strong suit. We're not good at like being taxi drivers or interior designers. Navigation, mm-hmm. um, isn't our thing. So we're not great at leading each other directly through deserts, is the bit that I do with <laughs> uh, which I doesn't even make happened. sense because they weren't right. Ashkenazi Jews. But anyways, people, right, right. people it, go for it. But that's where it went. Yeah. People go for it. People are available. <laughs> so They're, I don't think, I mean, I think I'm fine on spatial, but it's much more words and spelling. Like I used to do spelling bees when I was a kid and I like to read and make yeah. word puzzles and solve word puzzles. Oh, wow. That See, because now that is fascinating. So uh people what i'm going to do is i'm going to move to the next yep. dorkdom because this is great and and we can't actually go through all of these and pray that we can answer them no so, it would be a lot of time of going um let's go to the next uh, yeah, one and come exactly. back so cryptic crosswords you guys and monica zook uh has as a book 
And uh, there's a bunch <laughs> of them. So I bet you can find them online, you guys. This and one's edited by Fraser Simpson, just to shout him out. Shout him out. Now, let's talk. Now, the, you get you turned me on to the Eminem's new album. Yeah. Which is really very good. Yeah. Very good. And I enjoy Eminem, but I only, I buy probably three or four albums a year. Mm-hmm. I don't, some people get a lot of new albums and stuff, but, uh, so Eminem lyrics, those are kind of, they're kind of a mess. Like he'll rhyme things. You do that bit about screwdrivers. Oh yeah. Yeah. You sent me that really cool email where you were like, I want to wrap my brain around Eminem. And yeah. so I gave you some recommendations and I really felt, I was like, cool. You this nailed is, it. This is good. Like yeah. Jackie's, Jackie asked for a specific thing and I feel like I can you give her what she it wants. Completely. And I, I really enjoyed that interaction. What a, what a gift it is to ask somebody who knows about a thing to like help you think about the thing. <laughs> right. Right. It's very thoughtful and it makes them feel good. It's like a favor you do. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's good from both sides, I yeah. think. Is, um, but so like, I don't know his old, have you followed him from the get? Yeah, I have a bit of a I've I've listened to all of his albums and I have a bit of a dip um in the middle like around the Eminem show. Um right. I was less familiar with that one just because at the time I was it, like it wasn't exactly lighting up my boards. But his first album um hit like his first major What was uh, what was the big first hit album? So his first album before he was really Eminem in yeah. full flight was uh was called Infinite. Okay. Um, and it's really interesting. Like it's kind of Christian. And okay. You can see the germs of what he's going to be. Like the seeds have been planted of what he's going to become and the rhymes are still good, but it isn't totally flowered yet. Right. And then there was the Slim Shady LP. And that's the one that had my name is among Right. Which, and right. And that was the one at the music awards when 300 actors dressed like that him. would be his next album, the Marshall oh. Mathers LP, which okay. had, um, the real Slim Shady. Okay. Yeah. So that was that one. So my name is Slim Shady is on Slim Shady. Right. And then um, the Mathers yeah. is that one. Right. Okay. And that's considered his masterpiece, the Marshall Mathers LP. Okay. And when did 8 Mile come out in his in – Ooh. His... So I guess that must have been – I think it was after Marshall. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think it was after Eminem show as well. Um, so – Which had, I think, the the stuff about his mom. Yes, cleaning about, out about my closet. Cleaning out my closet. Mm-hmm. And, and also two trailer park girls. Um, guess who's back? Back again. Um, oh yeah. Without me. That's the okay. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I have the show, I have the show one mm-hmm. and I have this new one. Yep. And then I've heard just a mix of other stuff. Yeah. There was encore, um, and relapse, which I, didn't think, um, uh, which I, I thought like, was, I heard I, parts of it, but I didn't, it, it didn't grab me. Yeah, recovery was the one that everybody loved. That had um, uh, love the way you lie was like a huge hit off of that, and I I was not into that one. For me, Eminem is great when he's at his most fun, and I thought that one was really like motivational, kind of, and like I'm back, I've been through it, really serious, and he's much more like mischievous and enjoying himself on Marshall Mathers LP two. Yeah. And so I love it. I mean, there's just so much fun stuff on that record. Yeah. This new one, which with that, which had rap God and all yeah. that, um, what the hell's the name of it? I've Marshall Mathers LP two. Oh, LP two. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I thought because he is very serious, but he's also s- sarcastic and mischievous and, yeah. and just sort of like, I'm going to talk about real things and these are real things, but I'm also, you know, like, like when he, there's, there was one of the, one of the songs where he was talking about how 
you know, if I help a kid, that's great, but that is not what I am about. Yeah. Right. Right. And, but he, he's not against it. I mean, what I, you know, the whole thing about the guy coming up to him at the grocery store and go, oh, man, my. you're a lot older. Jackie, that is one of my favorite moments on that whole album. It's on, uh, did I tell, did we talk about no. that? You're just bringing it up. That's yeah. one, that story is, okay. What song was it? The song is, um, I own a mansion. Uh, uh, so far, so far, I think it's called. Okay. And it's about him not going far at all and staying in Detroit. Right. Um, and how he can't get out of town cause he yeah. just loves to like, cause Detroit created him. And- yeah, that's right. He's like, uh, you know, I could never turn my back on the city that made me. Mm-hmm. So Eminem, when he's really crushing it, in my opinion, my favorite thing that he does is when he, and I'll cite an example before we get to this one to set up what we're about to discuss. Right. But he'll, he will make these worlds with words where he paints an, it's a key on a lock. He paints a cryptic level image, like you lock onto it and you're like, I see exactly what he wants me to see here. Yeah. But he does it with words that interlock perfectly Mm -hmm. and that you've never thought of, like that would never have occurred to you. So there's this lyric on the first album where he says, uh, a hypochondriac hanging out at the laundromat where all the raunchy, fat, white, trashy blondes be at. <laughs> and so like the, like the content or not, right. it just fits together syllabically. He is, he's not a charmer in, I mean, that sentiment <laughs> is not charming, but it rhymes and it nails, you know, exactly. I mean, that's the horror of the guy is yeah. that, is that he paints a picture, he paints a picture and you see it in your head. You have to like, see it, like it or not. You're like, dude, I did right. not want to, you're correct. He's that holding your eyelids open, <laughs> clockwork orange style. Oh right. no, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So on that moment, right. which is pretty gentle, mm-hmm. he says, um, you know, he's like, I'm at the Kroger. I just did Comerica with Hova. He performed at the Detroit Stadium with Jay-Z. Yep. Uh, and he's like, I'm hunched over in the frozen aisle buying groceries. This guy approached me. Um, he just had front row seats. And then he says to him, wow, up close, didn't know you had crow's feet. Yeah, yeah. And it's was... really good. Yeah, you're just like – Oh man, even Eminem, you know, cause I, you just think, is Eminem affected by, by fans and by whatever? And if, yeah, he is. He's, you know, and then he's sitting on the toilet and some guy's like, Hey, can yeah. you just sign this? He's I, like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, over here trying to uh, take a dump or yeah. some other charming term, but it rhymes. It yeah. always rhymes. That's right. He has to pull over and poop in a McDonald's. <laughs> right. He can't make it home. And a guy <laughs> asks him for his autograph. And here's what's crazy, Jackie. He, it was all there from the beginning, like on his first, on um one of my favorite lines you know it's this awesome thing in hip-hop when you can dismount from a verse perfectly and hop into the chorus yeah and one of my favorite dismounts of all time is on i think it's the second verse of my name is he goes this guy at white castle asked for my autograph so i signed it dear dave thanks for the support asshole hi (laughs) and it goes into the chorus uh so he's it's just since like the 90s he's been writing lyrics about people asking him for autographs and him being prickly about it right right so just just to keep doing i mean he just he's the best i mean from it he might not he may or may not be like your favorite uh persona in rap ever but i think technically there's absolutely no question from a dork's perspective that he is the best of all time like people say tupac was like you know a people's hero and that like just your heart like he just like opens you up and you know brings you in eminem may not do that in the same way or he might but technically 
Well, a rapper's it, a rapper. There's, he's, it's like, it's creepy how far ahead he is of everyone else. Yeah. Je, I mean, that, that, there's one song on that album where he is talking so fast. He's like, that's not rap. He's, uh, he, it's pop music. Right. Um, what it, I, yeah, that might be it's rap, rap god. god. Yeah. That's it's rap not hip hop. It's pop. That's it. And, um, you know how at, at stand up shows they'll often say, what song do you want to come up to? Mm-hmm. And I have this to say. I never want to come up to a song. Uh-huh. I want to be introduced and then I want to go on stage. I'm, I don't know where they got the idea that comics should go on stage to music. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the beginning or just people love music and they just want to yeah. introduce people to music. So whenever they ask me for years, I would say white America. Because it oh. made me laugh just to think <laughs> that I would go on stage to white America. Is the opening moment of that him going, white America? Yes. It's just <laughs> white America. And you're just like, well, that's about right. I mean, I, I don't do the <laughs> chitlin really circuit. So uh-huh. it's I don't do a lot of black clubs. I would like to, if anybody's booking them, Jackie Cation is available to work the weird, uh, you yeah. know, smaller, uh, just but complete black audiences mm-hmm. will stare at me politely. You know, uh, Baron Vaughn once told me that, uh, um, white comics get a pass the first minute in a black club that black comics do not get. Interesting. Because the black audience will just go, well, prove it, prove it, asshole. Right. And white comics, and they're just like, so why is that white lady up there? There might be a reason why she's here, or this is a mistake. Let's <laughs> right? find out. Let's find out. And and so they give you a beat or two, and he's like, God, I'd love, I'd love to have that beat or two just oh. to, to win him over. He said, because I don't have, because Baron Vaughn, who has been on the show, of course, but uh he doesn't have enough attitude you know, when he, I mean, he owns the stage very well. He's yeah. a great performer, but he doesn't go up there and go, we're going to be doing comedy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's like, hi guys, how's it going? And, uh, I like bugs. Right. Yeah. He would be, yeah. Baron's, Baron's a masterful and amazing performer. Right. But, but I feel like he couldn't just unironically be like, all right. <laughs> right. He's would, like so it would smart be super and ironic. And, yeah. yeah, it would be very weird. It would be completely out of out of character right. for him to just go up there and start yallering. Uh as my grandmother would say, which yallering. Is yelling and hollering. Wow. My grandmother would always say, "Your dad's yallering at me." And uh and I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, he is. He is. Yaller, yallering. Yeah, and what, what and, and then you'd find out later that uh he was yallering uh because she was needling. Needling, needling in uh in a classic uh, uh Armenian mama kind of way. Uh, where my da- right. and they were doing it entirely in Armenian and then my father'd be like, Ma, stop it. And she, and then she would look all sad and go, Oh, he's yallering at me. Wow. And then we none of us spoke Armenian and we'd be like, Why are you picking on grandma? What are you what are you doing? And he's like, But but she, but she, and nope. He got. I always me. forget that you're Armenian. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you look. Um, that, that's the tone of voice when people go, "You don't look Armenian." In that, well, you seem nice, <laughs> which is a classic Wisconsin. But you're from Boston. Plenty uh, of Armenians in Boston area. I lived there for a while. I didn't. I didn't really know any Armenians, or was not aware that I knew Armenians when okay. I was in Boston. Well, we've melted uh, everywhere else. Here in Los Angeles, the melting process is still early days. Yeah. Yeah. But I dated an Armenian girl in when I studied abroad in Australia. And she, you dated an Armenian girl in Australia? Yeah, she was Armenian Australian, and she told awesome. me that uh, if her dad ever found out that we dated, he would kill me. Wow! And I was like, ha ha! And then she was like, it's not funny. I'm not kidding. We're not going to introduce you. Wow! Because I'm Jewish, right? And it was because you were Jewish, and not because you were not Armenian. Who knows? I think right. I remember her. I I think I wouldn't 
have remembered it if she hadn't said, because you're Jewish. Right, right. Is that a thing? Do there's, Armenians and Jews not get along? I think uh there's a lot of conservative assholes. Mm. It's weird about Armenians, you know, uh especially like cuz here's a here's a story. Let's make it about me. Yeah. Uh in Wisconsin, the Armenians that I was raised with, uh most of them, almost all of them, but there's in the last 20 years there's been new immigrants, but most of them came from the Turkish genocide mm-hmm. after World War 1. So, my grandparents had been here since, you know, 1920, 1918, 21. And, um, so they have melted. They have had children. They have gone through the whole immigrant experience. And now they, their children and their grandchildren are these uber American, you know, successful or not successful or whatever it is, but they're full on whitey whiters and Americans blended, right? Now I moved to Los Angeles. When I leave, I'm at church because that's when I go to church, you guys, when I'm in Milwaukee. That's when I go, when the folks are around. So I'm at church and they're like, so you're moving to Los Angeles. You got to watch out for the Beirutsi Armenians. Beirutsi Armenians, Mm. by definition, are the Armenians that immigrated to the United States in the 70s from Lebanon. Uh, after the, there was a lot of, uh, unrest. I don't know if you remember in Lebanon in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And so in the, in the, in the late seventies, eighties and early nineties, there were a lot of Armenians that came from Lebanon and, and they're referred to in the Armenian community as Beirutsi Armenians. Mm. So now they have been here now since let's say 80. So now they've been here 30 years. About 10 years ago, when I would go home and go to church, uh, the tune had changed. Oh, you're living in Los Angeles. You got to watch out for those Hayastani Armenians. The Hayastani Armenians are the Armenians from Hayastan, which is Armenia, which are the Soviet Armenians. What? My and, head's yeah, swimming. Your head should be swimming. Uh, but the, the crux of it is, is that, uh, Wisconsin Armenians, Hate immigrants, assholes. Uh, you are immigrants. You come from immigrants, but you're like, oh, the first generation of immigrants. They're like, oh, they're all mobsters and, and, and shysters. And you're like, no, 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 they're immigrants. So nobody immigrates to this country or any country because things are going well. Yeah. Right. Nobody ever goes, hey, I'm sitting on a Scrooge McDuck pile of money. Let's move to a new country and learn a new language. Yeah. Yeah. You move. I don't even want to move across town. Unless things aren't going well, right? When do you move? When does anyone move? Yeah. Because things true. aren't going well. I'm thinking about, that's definitely, I mean, that, that. It doesn't make any, I'm like, you can't hate the, you, you let, you gotta give everyone a generation. Yeah. Before you get all judgy and weird. But, but not, uh, not jackasses. And, and uh, I remember I went to a church in San Diego with my sister and we were, we went to an Armenian church together and, before she converted to Judaism. And, uh, yes, yeah, I know, weird. So and many things. So many things. But, uh, this one woman was like, she was bitching about, uh, Clinton. And she said, well, most Armenians are Republicans. And my sister and I looked at each other and said, <laughs> no, not these two. Uh, I'm like, is that true? Do you think demographically? Uh, I don't know. I know that there are a lot of cons- but, you know, system of a down, those guys are Armenian. Yeah. So I don't think they're Republicans. Pretty no. sure. I also don't know that they're Democrats. No, I think they're they're anarchists. Yeah, I'm an anarchic socialist. I want everyone to choose to share. Huh? That's little plan words. So <gasps> let's like get it. back to you. Let's talk about uh, Zach Sherwin a little bit. By the way, it's at Zach Sherwin on YouTube and Twitter and your website and Instagram. Yeah, all Zach and- Sherwin and uh, Beirutsi Collins was actually my favorite member of Parliament. Maybe Armenian Parliament. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, by the way, uh, people should get your album. Your new album is called Rap with an exclamation point. Oh, yeah. Point. Rap. Rap. Yeah. Yeah, That's how exciting. I like to say it. That's it. And it's on iTunes and it's on, it's in hardcover yeah. too. You can, can, you can buy a, a hard copy, which is how I make the most money off of it. So yeah, if yeah. you want to do that, it's a note I, to self Americans. Yeah. And those get that CD get and then CD. buy it, something that can play it and uh, you'll be good to disc. go. Um, yeah, yeah it but your it's computer a, and rip it. a special thing records, uh, put the album okay. out so you can buy it through their website if you do want to get a hard copy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, and I said, uh, Americans, but I say, Humans. Yeah. Humans. Worldwide. Worldwide. Rockstar it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Do what you need Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. So, um, cool. So we talked about, well, what, I mean, does he, have you ever seen Eminem live? Because it's got to be different. I saw him at Lollapalooza 2012. Along with like 200,000 other people. And it was so huge that, I mean, I was like like a a, stadium. I mean, it's in like a park in Chicago and it's just, a see like the most people I've ever been in a place at the same time with. So I did technically see him live, but I could either look at the monitors and see what it looks like <laughs> to see him on TV, but worse, right. or look at the stage and be like, oh, since I know there's a person up there, <laughs> I guess I can discern the outline of a human moving around on that stage. Right, because you were not close. No, I don't know. Was anyone close? I wonder I mean, who. Someone must have been. You must have had to pay <laughs> exorbitant VIP prices to be up near that stage. Right. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Because um, it was outside, right? It was outside. And it was, and it cost money though. It cost a lot of money. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it wasn't a free, like no. in the park kind of thing. No. You had okay. to pay a bunch of money and go in and see him. Like a, like a concert. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. I mean, it was, I, I don't regret that I was once in the same park as he was, but it wasn't <laughs> like I like saw him in concert. Right. Cause when I go to a show, I, I like almost any live show. Um, because it's just cool to watch people do the thing that they do. So, I mean, I would love to just watch the way he stands and, you know, how he holds a microphone, you know, like to yeah. just see it in the flesh with my own eyes. That would be, that'd would be kind of fascinating take it all in. But, um, yeah, this was not that. So they had a tight shot on the jumbotron, but you mm-hmm. couldn't really feel like you were there no. seeing what was happening. It, how were the lyrics? How was good sound? Good sound. Good sound. But I mean, were they the same? Did he do? Was it like going to see? Are, are you asking like, are, are his songs tough to perform because yeah. they're so lyrical? No. And that was right around the time that that song "Sky Full of Lighters" came out. Um, do you remember that with Bruno no. Mars? He he was in a project with a, an old buddy of his named Royce the Five Nine, and they did a record called "Bad Meets Evil." Um, <laughs> and there was a big monster smash on that with Bruno Mars, a sky full of lighters. So <laughs> he was performing that and the Rihanna song was out around then. So that was a big deal. Not monster. Love the way you lie. So okay. he was doing that kind of stuff. I think his stuff's pretty performable. And you know, there's all these tricks. Like, I don't know if he performs with like a backing track too, but okay. you know, you can, you can have that back you up or having a hype man on stage to chorus in with your lyrics with you and give you a chance to take a breath. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so so there are like because he's he's clearly like there's production, right? I yeah. mean his his the, there's they're so dense sometimes mm-hmm. that there there has to be some producing going on. Yeah. So if, what's the guy called that's that jumps in? Uh, the hype man. Hype. It's yeah. just a it's a it's a backup rapper, just a yeah. buddy, like I a mean, stand-in. Like the classic. Uh, and genre defining hype man was Flava Flav from Public Enemy. Okay. Who would like chorus in on the ends of lyrics with Chuck D, the lead rapper, and also would do his own thing. But, yep. you know, he's there to like help out and support. And 
you know, like the Beastie Boys would say all their lines, the end of them, they would like chorus in together and yeah. like finish out the line. You're familiar with that yeah. kind of sound. So that's sort of what you're doing. It lends punch to the line or if you need to take a breath, the hype man's there to anticipate that and not have like a weird break in the lyrics while you <gasps> – While you try to breathe. Yeah, which and- is a skill that MCs have in greater and lesser extents and some rappers are incredible breath control masters and never need a break. Black Thought from The Roots yeah. is one of those guys. I've seen him live and he doesn't appear to ever need a break. Wow. Um, he's incredible. He just must – must. I mean the it's all timing I guess, right? Or, yeah, and knowing when breathing. you can – I, I feel like I'm just starting to see some new levels of it when I record stuff, but yeah. you, I mean, it's, it's like you have to like dial in your scope for where the little units of rest might be in between syllables and just find places to sneak it. So right. people who are really good at it can see way more clearly than I can and figure out where to make the breaks happen. You were also talking about the other thing that was like a production thing. Who else might he have on, on stage? Oh, sometimes rappers will perform – like they'll double their lyrics on the actual song. Like they'll just rap along with the song. Okay. And so they oh, add so something the, to it's it. It's not linking. It's not lip syncing. Right. But it is playing. Yeah. I'm not okay. saying, I don't remember if Eminem was doing that and I'm yeah. guessing he wouldn't because people pay too much money for the show and right. he would get shit for it. But, yeah. um, I've definitely seen rappers do that and you do feel kind of like, come on. Like yeah, I could just, just stay do- at home and listen to you sing the track. Right. 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 Just do it. Just fuck it up if you're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Right. And then have somebody judge that. Right. Have uh- the perfect one be the <laughs> studio version that you took all this time and money to make. Yeah. And give us a raw, mis- you know, even was if there, it's a little mistake. Was there new stuff? I mean, did he do no. any? Because it'd be nice if, if there would just be, you know, when you do stand up, you got to work on the new stuff somewhere. Yeah. So. I mean, it's the opposite in music. People don't want, you know, they want you to stick to the old yeah. faves. So he was really, it was a very crowd pleasing set. He, I think he did. Real Slim Shady and Some of My Name Is, there was a medley of the crowd-pleasing hits that everybody wants. That everybody wanted to hear. Yeah. Piano Man. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he played Little Little Piano Man, did Cats in the Cradle. You know, just uh, some of the classics. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even That's, on Rap God, which you love in that yeah. insanely blistering fast part. Yeah. Um, there's a part where you get, where you can hear him go, I'm da 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 and he goes back in. Yeah. And it's overlapped. So he didn't even do that in one take. Oh, know? fair enough. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. It's too, it's too much. Yeah, and it's too long. You know, the, and, and the line in that one that always made, he's like, at some, he's like, I can't explain to you how to become a rapper. Right. You know, I mean, that's what the gist of some of those lyrics are. It's just like, just keep, keep doing it. And at what point when I'm spitting these lyrics, are you going to get yeah. what it's going to be like or something? When is it going to get through to you when I'm ripping every one of these verses to anyways? Yeah. yeah it's like right. that. He, yeah. I, I, and I don't think the message is keep working at it guys and you'll get here. I think it's <laughs> right. like, you have no idea what level I'm operating on. <laughs> right. You are, yeah. you see the tip of Why the iceberg. Why be a king when me. you can be a God? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's, uh, and he is, he is very gifted. I mean, who are your other favorites right now that, well, right now I really like this guy from New York named Your Old Droog. Um, yeah, how do you, is it Y O U R? Yep. Your old Your old Droog. Does he go with an E on old? No. Just to bring it up a notch? No. <laughs> Your old Droog. How do you spell Droog? D R O O G. Okay. Um speaking of a clockwork orange, that's where I know that word from. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. That was what they would say instead of like bro or homie. Oh, okay. They called each other Droog. Okay. Um but yeah, he's an interesting story. He his voice sounds identical to the rapper Nas. Okay. Um, who you've heard of? Yeah. Yeah. 
So people thought it was so much so that people thought it was Nas trying to release an under the radar project. Yeah. Like I want to do something a little more ambitious and I can't do it as myself. So I'll adopt this pseudonym. Yeah. Um, but actually he's like a 25 year old Ukrainian dude who's just like super gifted and really fun. Wow. So I love him. His syllables are terrific. Yeah. Does he break it up? He just really does. He's, he's playing every line. Um, and is English his first language or no? I don't know. He's, yeah. he's totally fluent in English. Yeah. Um, you know, more than myself, probably. Cause <laughs> that's what you think sometimes with rappers. You're like, it's cause people, you know, what I don't appreciate sometimes is when people talk about, uh, you know, how dumb hip hop can be and how dumb rap is. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me because you're like, I don't think you've listened to the lyrics because the, first of all, there's for me, what, one of the things I genuinely love about some hip hop is the, is the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I love a story. And even if it's a if there's a lot of like sort of very basic like slang, mm-hmm. like street slang going on, the story is compelling. So there's nothing dumb about a well-told story ever. Yeah. Right. I mean, that is its own gift. And then to make it rhyme and to use different language, that is a learned skill. Those are this is. There's nothing dumb about it. I 100% agree and would go so far as to say that if you can tell a good story, it may definitionally exclude you from being dumb. Like you might have a different kind of <laughs> right. intelligence. Yeah. But yeah. if you can get a narrative across, then that is a wisdom. That Yeah, um, that, that is a gift and, yeah. a, and, and, and a genius of its own. And rap nowadays, you know how like the five minute mile used to be the barrier and then yeah. somebody broke it and then now, now it's everybody the four can minute do it? Mile, yeah. Right. That's what rap's like now. Your, like your bars, as they say, you know, like your units of lyrics. Okay. Like your rhymes just, the, the baseline mm-hmm. is better now. Um, I listened to, uh, Meek Mill's album recently. He's just like a super mainstream rapper. Yep. You know, involved with Nicki Minaj. Okay. Um, and it's just like the mainstreamiest mainstream. And I was listening to it and I was like, this wordplay is elevated. And like just the craftsmanship and skill level is better than it was, you know, 15 years ago. That's just like the basic now. Right. He's and, not a wordplay rapper. Like, right. And he, that guy isn't a, a genius of rap. He's just a, a a very popular rapper. Some people would would probably say he's a genius of rap. Right. I would I would not. I think he's really talented, and I liked yeah. his album. But it's not what lights up my board all the way. But right. I was just listening to it and was struck by how. I mean, it's kind of there's sort of an underground lyrical renaissance happening nowadays in rap, especially in New York. But even in the mainstream, to hear that, you know, yeah. and, and like Lil Wayne's been doing bananas wordplay for like over a decade. Yeah. Like, do you know the lyric where he says, "Real G's move in silence like lasagna"? Um, no. Yeah. So G's gangsters, of course. And, yeah. You know, they're lethal, silent killers. Yeah. But then like lasagna. That's that's a really old line, and people who know rap have known yeah. it forever, but. Just, I feel like the first time you hear it, you're like, what? That's a move somebody made? That's yeah, a choice yeah. that got decided on? <laughs> Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, yeah, that is where I appreciate. And the same can be said to some extent, uh, about, and I did have a, a woman on the show. She's country music, mm. a lover of country music. Yeah. And cause country music itself has that same kind of thing where people, and, and, and it's they're blending, right? There's a lot of hip hop in country nowadays. Right. The spoken word in yeah. in in country where they don't even know they're doing it to some extent. Or they know they're doing it, but the listener doesn't know that they're doing it. Right. You know, the, it isn't it isn't Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings 
uh, which were, they, those guys were great storytellers and the, and the, and if you didn't like a steel guitar, you're not going to, you're not going to want to listen to it and hear the words, but it became super, you know, with Garth Brooks and the, and the guitar rock mm-hmm. country music. And now it's hip hop country music, essentially. Yeah. And, but I, I'm, I'm always about the lyrics for some reason. It's just, I want to hear a good story. And if it's a dumb story, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> yep. If it's going to be about your, that woman's ass and your vehicle, mm-hmm. tell that tale. Tell yeah. that tale a thousand times. Tell that goddamn tale. Who cares? I'm the same way. We're suckers for stories. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's, and it could be the same nine stories. Just, uh, mix it up. <laughs> mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now we are close. Let me, let's, okay. let's talk briefly. Do you want to talk about this? Is that, is, yeah, is that's veganism, is veganism a dorkdom or is Sandman a dorkdom? How I, many times have you read Sandman? I'm I've working read it once. I, I've gone all the way through once and I'm working my way through the second time. Okay. So I'm like seven tenths done with the second go round. Wow. So. Neil Gaiman's Sandman is what we're talking about. Yeah. It is a, a comic book and mm-hmm. a graphic novel and a, a piece of work. It's a body of work that is amazing. That Do is, people say it's the best graphic novel? I mean, there's people, is there an argument to make that it's like the master, the magnum opus of graphic novels? I think some people think it. Some mm-hmm. people think Watchmen is. Right. Some people, um, I don't know. God knows what people think. I'm sure this is, is the a greatest. whole debate. Yeah. It's, um, so it's among... It's, do you have, do you have collected works? Is that what you're reading from? I'm, I am, uh, buying the, um, individual, like, 10 volume set bit by bit as I get gift certificates for performing at Meltdown or as I see it at a used bookstore for super cheap or something. I didn't want to shell out for the, like, lavish deluxo version, but, uh, yeah, they are amazing. Um, yeah, it's just about these, uh, these siblings who are kind of more than gods. Um, oh wow, Jackie is producing the lavish deluxe set I referred to earlier. Um, yeah, it's just these, uh, there's these seven siblings, their names all start with D, and there's like dis- despair and destiny and desire and death and destruction and dream is the one who the Sandman's all about. And it just follows his adventures through the dreamscape, and then there's also, there's like little tiny short stories, and then this massive arching narrative over the whole thing that like comes back in all these ways, and then there's all these stories in between. And talk about loving stories. I mean, right. Neil Gaiman is he's the an amazing storyteller. Guy. Yeah, and and now I do. I did get Andy. Andy has the individual comics. He mm-hmm. collected oh, them wow. from the get right. Wow. And so, um, what I bought for him when we first started going out was every year they would come up with these deluxe volumes, right? So they are, I believe they were like a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, so, and, I've looked at those. They right. are a hundred bucks a piece. And I got them because, you know, it was like the big gift. Mm-hmm. It was his big gift every Christmas until uh four years went by. I bet at the and, end of that you were like, damn it, I haven't I had know, to worry about I, this in like five right, years. exactly. <laughs> no, what the hell am I supposed to get him? And they have new art and there's new coloring yeah. and there's all this kind of fancy pants stuff. But I, and he's also run LARPing. He's, he's done two, two or three LARPs where, um, yeah. Oh. No, no, uh, Andy. Andy has. Yeah. A- Andy has run two Sandman LARPs and oh. he did the wake was oh, the, wow. I, we were going out and he was running the wake. And so Maria Bamford and I, uh, took part in it. Who were uh, you? Well, I did craft services and played <laughs> tiny bit parts and Maria, because this LARP was such a huge production. It was 40 people mm. and everyone to be in the LARP, 
because the it was the wake, but uh, he said the difference is is we don't know that it's Dream who's died. We're gonna find out in the game who dies. Oh. So it's the wake. It's a wake, and so he said, what I want is I want seven people to write one short one act plays of the death scene of each of the, um, oh, of the endless. Yeah, yes. The endless. Yes. So Maria, uh, played, um, the death of desire. Uh, she played apathy mm. and that's what killed desire. Oh. Apathy killed desire. Did she write that? No. Somebody no, else J- did. Yeah. Jim who played desire wrote it oh. and it was very funny and she nailed it quite honestly. Not uh, these people still talk about her. Wow. Uh, I just did bit parts. So, but wow. the, and I think, but it was those lucky LARPers getting Maria to be right to play apathy. They yeah. were, yeah, they still talk about it quite honestly as friends, but, um, it was a fascinating, I mean, it is a fascinating story, Sandman. I can't believe I couldn't read it again. It was mm. too. Like, I remember kind of the first story where he's trapped. Yeah. And then I remember Death. Death being one of my favorite characters because she's just a goth chick. She's a cool goth chick. She's really nice. And she's super nice. Yeah. She's genuinely like, yeah, I'm here to pick you up. Yeah, she's the one who you're like, oh, that's the only endless member that I recognize that I would hang out with. All the other ones (laughs) seem terrible and... Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, like, and, and Destiny... What a fucking tool bag, man. Yeah. Just like that guy just walking his garden forever, just yeah. knowing shit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're exhausting. Are you reading the new, the, the new Sandman? No. Okay. I don't even know what's up with that. There's a, there's a new story that Neil oh. is, is, Neil oh, really? is writing. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming so, out now? Yeah. It's out now. Oh. I'll show you the comics when we, when okay. we, when we hang up. Whoa. Whoa. Are we going to hang up? That's, I guess what that would be. But what made you, what, who turned you on to it? I had a roommate. In when I still lived in Boston, who had all these graphic novels, and I um, love to read them, although I sort of don't always let myself because I sometimes feel like they aren't the most nutritious reading for me. I just tear through them and then set them aside, and that's it. Right. So I happened to grab volume four of The Sandman, which is called Season of Mists, and it's the one where Morpheus has to go to hell. Um, ah. And... It's the best one in the series. And he gets the keys. And he gets the keys to hell. It is the best one. So if you want to start, it's not a, it's not bad to start in the middle. No. With Sandman. It's so big. It's so big that they're, it's, it's actually kind of cool. Plus it introduces you to Lucifer. And. Oh man. So great. Did you read Brian? Is it Brian K. Vaughn wrote Lucifer? And there's going to be a TV show. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's going to be set. It's and there are seventy five issues of Lucifer. Wow, okay. Lucifer is amazing as well. If you okay. get a chance to whatever, yeah. And does he have? A, is he lettered in that distinctive way like he is in the comics? He must be, or the yes. fans would scream. Yeah, I think that. And 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 the story of Lucifer is. I've talked about it before on the Dork Forest, just mm-hmm. because it it is a a wonderful tale of how Lucifer is just so sick of God. Yeah. Just sick of God yeah. and his ineffable plan. <laughs> and God's got this ineffable plan and God's like, well, you know, it's part of my ineffable plan that you would run hell. And he's like, well, then I'm not going to run hell. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to get off of your ineffable plan. And that is where we meet him in Sandman. Oh, that's the, so the, it's the same story told from a different angle. Right. That intersects there. Right. That's where, that, oh, that's where cool. it starts. And then Brian K. Vaughn takes Lucifer and takes him out of cool. hell and then Essentially, God follows Lucifer around going, no, it's my ineffable plan that you would leave hell. <laughs> and Lucifer's just like, you are such an asshole. You gotta leave That's me great. alone. And, uh, and so he, uh, Lucifer ends up running a, a, a jazz bar 
in Los Angeles. I think that might crop up in the Sandman it stuff does. later on. It does. Uh, mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman does a couple of crossovers because he's clearly advocating. Well, then my phone rang because that'll happen sometimes. But what are, so your favorite part is that Lucifer thing. I'm going to go hang up on this person while you tell the story. Okay, sure. Oh. Um, should I keep talking or wait yeah. for him? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it just, I, I think the early stories you write are not as good as they get later on, but by season, by book four, he's really hit his stride and that story just has, there's a part where all these gods from different cultural traditions start showing up and, um, beseeching and like, uh, you know, explaining why they would be the best they guardians the of the key to, to hell to run it. Right. That's right. And so he invites them all to his dream palace and there's all this intrigue and comedy and it's just so It's cool. smart and funny. They're it's, all trying to bribe him and seeking secret meetings. It's interesting about, have you read other Neil Gaiman's? Did you read any I've read of his, his prose? a bunch of his novels and yeah. short stories. Did you read Good Omens? Maybe. What is he that He wrote one? it with Terry Pratchett. No, I didn't read it. Okay. It is wonderful because okay. Neil Gay for me anyway. Neil Gaiman's sense of humor is is sort of it's a little academic. Mm-hmm. It's very smart and very funny, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Terry Pratchett's sense of humor, dude's a goof. Dude is a giant fucking goof. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes the Discworld series, and yeah. the Discworld series is about sort of a sword and sorcery world set on top of a giant turtle. So uh, it mm. is. Very, I've read probably a dozen of them, maybe 11. I, and I didn't start liking them until I got to the sixth. Wow. Good way to I hang in. I stuck it out because people love him so much. And I was like, and it isn't like, it wasn't, I mean, I could tell what he was doing. And at, and at first I was reading it going, oh, it's a little hacky. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it isn't hacky. It is a celebration of puns. And wordplay, you, I think, would enjoy Discworld. I'm just thinking about whether or not I should say celebration out loud because it oh, happens on a turtle. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, don't think I'm, I guess I I'm, did. Yeah, you did. I guess I chose. And but it was, but Good Omens is a book that he wrote with Terry Pratchett, so it is both, in my opinion, yeah. smarter than it has to be. And funnier than you would think it would be. Great. So they it brought out the best. It brought out the best of both of them, in my opinion. And it's about essentially Gabriel and Lucifer, mm. um, and the Antichrist. Ooh. And so, and it's set in a modern, and it sort, it feels almost not Monty Python-ish, but it, it has that British comedy sensibility, but the best of it. Mm-hmm. Not, not. Who's Benny? Who's running around and grabs his crotch a lot? Anyway, uh, I'm losing. And it's I don't hard. know. It's, it's uh, clown music. Uh, someone's yelling at their iPod. Jack right Benny? Now. No, it's uh, it's oh Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. And it's not that. <laughs> it's more. <laughs> it's more John Cleese than Benny Hill. Okay. Okay. When you think of this, in my opinion, when you think of the spectrum of British comedy, I go all the way to Downton Abbey. You know, so yep. because that's a, a gentler, more. You know, like Dame Judi Dench was in that sitcom. That was goofy, that British sitcom that, uh. Ooh, I'm not gonna it, know. Me neither. Not offhand. But um, anyway. I read American Gods, Neil yes. Gaiman's novel, and. House on the Rock. I did not like it. Um, I felt like I was being taught. Mm-hmm. Y- y- your use of the word academic was good. I. People love that book. I know. And I just felt like I was being. It was brought not Brought on you. a survey of 
his encyclopedic knowledge of gods. Yeah. He's um, the, rather than a journey through a tale. Right. It didn't have enough story for me. It had a lot of information. Yeah. And it was set in Wisconsin, so people thought I would like it more than I did. I didn't dislike it, but it is certainly not my favorite at no. all. Good Omens is, I think, my favorite. Okay. Uh, and Sandman is wonderful and wonderful. It or is. Also wonderful. And, and he, God, he wrote this story called something like the, uh, something in the black hill, like the mountains. I know you're screaming at your iPod again, but <laughs> some of his short stories are, are great. Are just as I've good never as read any get. of his short stories. Yeah, I'm going to recommend one to you when we get off. Okay. W- when you look it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll post it on the ranger page on Facebook. Okay. Just this, so people there's a, ca- the main character of that, there's a ranger in the story. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's uh So that'll be double fun. That's a plus one to your initiative if you can if you can name it right now. Tell your GM. And uh <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You get it. That's it. Well, Zach Sherwin, it has been an hour and it is uh, it did fly by. Totally. You I were mean, true to your word. I swear to God, we spent at least a half an hour to forty minutes just well, we spent twenty minutes on on puzzle. Oh, so yeah. yeah, the cryptic crosswords, you guys, get out there and uh and 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 Stop Alzheimer's in its track, yeah. as far as I could tell. And Eminem, uh, very fun. And then Neil Gaiman Sandman, super fun. It's at Zach Sherwin, you guys. Go there, see him live, and get his I album. Think, I, I will say, I don't think I'm doing it on the level of any of the artists we've discussed today, but my album rap has storytelling and wordplay and hip hop lyrics. So. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, if you get a chance to see Zach live, it's, uh, la 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 yourself. He's really good, you guys. It's Thanks, a Jackie. wonderful thing. No problem. Vice versa. Thank you for having me on. This was really fun. Awesome. I, you totally engaged my dork spirit. That's <gasps> it. <laughs> Take care of each other out there, Rangers. Okay, bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?